You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. It's Tuesday, January 7th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. I'm Connor Tapp, and I'm joined in the studio by Trey Scott to discuss today's biggest college football news stories including Tua Tungabailoa announcing he's leaving for the NFL, more drama involving a five-star Georgia signee, or not signee, I guess, as we found out today, and the latest on Matt Rule's courtship with the NFL. So, Trey, let's start things off in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where Tua Tungabailoa announced that he is foregoing his final season of eligibility to enter the 2020 NFL draft. Almost, I mean, in some ways it feels weird to lead off this the, the the podcast with this news story because flashback six months ago the Tua going to the NFL draft seemed like the most obvious thing in the world but we were kind of given a week of thinking about oh what if he does come back wouldn't that be exciting yeah his injury opened the door for the possibility that he wanted to come back prove to, prove to the NFL that he was in fact healthy I think common sense prevailed you're injured you're one big injury away from maybe never playing football again so at least be making millions if that injury does happen, I think he'll still be a top 15 pick. But yeah, in the last week or so, Alabama fans had begun thinking Tua might be coming back. And the fact that he was having a press conference sort mm-hmm. of, well, it made, it made some sense. And it's kind of reminding me watching it today of Cardell Jones five years ago, having a similar press conference where we just sort of assumed he was gone and he announced he came back. So I don't know. The, by the time this morning rolled around, I was like, Tua has to be gone. But I think Bama fans are disappointed. But I think, I mean, you can't be mad at the guy. Yeah, uh, Nick Saban said before he introduced Tua that uh, Tua has had as much of an impact on the Alabama program as any player he's had. Uh, Trey, do you think that's on the money? Well, yeah, probably. We're not, you know, who who knows the guys in Tuscaloosa would know better than us, but I do think it's interesting. I think it's either him or Jalen hurts and Tua was technically like the bigger winner, like his throw won the national title. But I think Jalen hurts led Nick Saban and Alabama's offense down the path of Mm -hmm. the RPO and the quarterback mobility and all that. And Tua was able to do things not, you know, he, he's not the runner Jalen is, but as far as the creativity and a versatility and a dynamic ability to the offense, Tua took that a step further than Jalen. So I think so. I, when I think about Tua in Alabama, I just think about how likable they were with him. And we had been coming off before Tua a, a period of time in which Alabama was like Darth Vader. Like we didn't right. like Alabama. They were boring to watch mm-hmm. we wanted them to lose Nick Saban was at that point more of a jerk than like a lovable curmudgeon and I think Tua and the rest of the 2017 class they got those guys were fun and so I'll, I'll remember this as a period of Alabama football being fun rather than Alabama football being like 2011 right. ground and pound defensive chokehold and the enemy you, you love to hate yeah, and we're kind of in an era of college football right now where the teams that are really competitive in the college football playoff every year have a just absolute game changer at the quarterback position. And having Tua allowed them to have a seat at the table over these past few years kept them in games, including you know his big 
national debut in, in the national title game where, you know, he, he keeps them in those types of games. And maybe if not for Tua Tonga Vailoa, maybe we're sitting here talking about Alabama having been left out of the conversation a little bit. I mean, not like they're going to be unranked or anything, but just a little bit of a step behind. And instead, we're now looking at a situation where it feels like a little bit more of a passing of the torch situation. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. And well, I was just going to pivot now to like, and you and Chris touched on this uh, on yesterday's podcast, but almost this is like almost a cleaner result. Like when you are deciding to come back, part of the motivation is you would think for a lot of people is, you know, I've got unfinished business. I want to help my team achieve X. But in a way, if Tua had decided to come back, it would have created a lot of roster uncertainty. Maybe Mac Jones transferring out. Maybe Bryce Young isn't sure where he fits in if he wants to sit. So, Yeah, you would have probably been waiting for Bryce Young – or sorry, Mac Jones entering the transfer portal right. tomorrow. I think Alabama's quarterback competition is really interesting. And for all the reasons you touch on just now about you need a, a game-changing quarterback to win a title, I think eventually, like eventually come October, this is Bryce Young's job, the number one quarterback in the 24-7 sports composite, just wrapped up a sensational week in San Antonio where he was the All-American Most Valuable Player. And, and honestly, he's a right-handed version of Tua. He mm. is just... He, he has everything right in the head. Like, he, mm. he's good to go. This quarterback battle reminds me a little bit of Clemson's in 2018. Yeah, 2018, where you're sort of still in the shadow of this legend, and for Alabama, it's Tua, and for Clemson, it's Deshaun Watson. And you know what the upperclassman, the veteran, can give you. You had a full year of Kelly Bryant, and it was good enough. It got you to the playoff, right? And we've now had four games or so of Mac Jones it's pretty dang good. I mean, right. three touchdowns, 327 yards against Michigan. But I think we kind of know Mac Jones isn't going to win you the SEC, isn't going to win you the college football playoff. And so you have a situation where you've got this young guy who has more talent versus veteran who probably has the command of the locker room. And when does that shift? And for Clemson, it was after four games, including a massive game at Texas A&M. Alabama has USC in week one and Georgia in week three. Mm. Does that favor Mac Jones? Does Mac Jones get out before then? I, I am I'm fully convinced this will eventually be Bryce Young's job, but the timeline here will be super interesting to unfold because the worst case scenario for Alabama is Mac Jones leaving after the spring. Right. Because then they're in trouble. Because then, and I'm, apologies to Paul Tyson and Talia Tungavailoa, who were class of 2019 guys. I just don't think they're eventually going to be the future, but that'd be all you have left after Bryce Young. So, uh, the safest the safest bet in Vegas right now would be Alabama not announcing a quarterback until five minutes uh, ahead of mm. the USC game. Mm. Interesting, and then that of course introduces variables like the the four games for a red shirt. Although is Mac Jones has he used his red shirt already? I don't know. Uh, Mac um, Jones has used his red. Oh, shirt. Okay, so I guess that won't be a factor with him then. Uh, Trey, let's get into some other notable NFL decisions that were announced on Monday, and we are calling it here at 4:07 uh, p.m. Central. Um, so anything that's happened after this, we'll address on a future podcast. We did actually have um, uh, uh, some teammates of Tua's uh, make their decisions. Henry Ruggs is entering the draft. Devonte Smith though is coming back, so we're still just waiting on. I think Najee Harris. It looks. Of the yeah, Alabama. I mean, unless there's a junior, a fringe junior who we're not expecting, we're still waiting on just Najee. Leatherwood's gone. Dylan Moses, or sorry, Leatherwood and Dylan Moses are back. Everyone else is gone. Devonte Smith was a big. 
big returnee. I do think, though, Alabama fans a week ago had thought this would be a little bit better. They thought maybe uh, Tua was coming back or, or Ruggs was coming back. So, Yeah, do you want to just run through oh, yeah. the other uh, decisions? Yeah, so this is just what I could find from Monday. Wisconsin wide receiver Quintez Cephas, he's gone. Texas left tackle Sam Cosme is back. UCLA cornerback Darnay Holmes is gone. Mississippi State linebacker Willie Gay is gone. Uh, and he did some damage at, on the way at, out. On the way <laughs> yeah. out. And then Virginia Tech running back to Sean McLeese. He had a sixth year of eligibility remaining. He's gone. So that's what I could find. And, and these guys grow up fast. I remember when they were when they were recruits. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and then we will return for our final segment of eligibility. On the other side, we've got an update on the Zachary Evans saga and what we know as of Monday evening about Matt Rule's NFL interview schedule. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the College Football Daily. We've got just under a week left in the current college football season, but we just want you to know we are hard at work planning our off-season content schedule. The bet we made in starting the College Football Daily was that ours is a unique sport where fans are just as passionate in March as they are in October. So listeners, you don't go anywhere, and neither will we. So Trey, let's talk about Zachary Evans. Uh, Chris Hummer had some news on 247sports.com today about his signing status and, I guess, his future, although that's pretty cloudy. Yeah, so Zach Evans, five-star running back from Houston, has been linked to about five schools in the recruiting process. And the saga finally, we thought, ended when he signed during the early signing period. Now, he's, he was one of those kids who signed with the intention of announcing that decision at an All-Star game. So what happened was he was going to announce where he had signed at the Under Armour All-American game, and he was going to announce that he had signed with Georgia. Mm. It's public knowledge at this point that Zachary Evans signed with Georgia. Something since December the early signing period and then changed the calculus. And Matt uh, Zachary Evans is no longer headed to Georgia. And it's possible that what happened was when he got kicked off of the team or sent home from his high school state championship team the night before the state championship game, that might have been the last straw mm. for Georgia for a kid who's had an up and down recruitment and has missed a few games in his high school career for disciplinary issues. It's also possible that Zach Evans just changed his mind again. And I, I, I think Texas A&M is a likely destination here. LSU is a likely destination. And the funny thing is there have been times in the last three months where we have had the Zach Evans to A&M or Zach Evans to LSU story ready to go. <laughs> so this story is just the, the gift that keeps on giving. It, it's hard to assume even, even when he chooses his school that that's set in stone because he won't be able to sign in, L, in LI at the next school. Mm-hmm. It'll just be he's going there, and he winds up on the team, and he just enrolls there probably in the summertime and plays on the team this fall. So who knows what's going to happen. It's cool that George is letting him out. There's no issue. And I think that's a difference in college football. You talk about something that might not have happened five years ago. Totally. Totally. So, yeah, it's something to watch. I want – 
it's it's funny. Last thing on Zach Evans is he got he got kicked off the team the, the night before the state title game, and the message boards for Texas A and M were like, "Oh man, we dod- we dodged a bullet. This mm. kid is a problem." And Georgia fans who had already known he signed were like, "Oh man, we're gonna stay behind this kid. This is this is just a little mistake." And now you go on the boards, and the whole thing's flipped. <laughs> All right. Well. Um- Let's move on to Matt Rule. He's got the eye of a few different NFL franchises at the moment. The Baylor head coach does. Uh, so here's what we know. Again, as of Monday afternoon, 4.13 p.m. Central, as we're recording, the Giants are scheduled to interview Matt Rule on Tuesday. Rule reportedly visited with the Panthers on Monday. The Giants job in particular, that's a that's a job where Matt Rule has been an assistant before. He is local to the area, and it, multiple reporters have singled that one out as kind of the perfect storm possibility where he might leave a pretty good situation where he's recently gotten a raise and an extension at Baylor. Yeah, it's, it seems like this is going to happen. He, <sighs> I'm so sad. Yeah, he and it, you know what? In the past few years, ever even after just one year at Baylor, he had interviewed for Colts and Jets yeah. jobs and turned it down or not gotten it. Who knows? This looks like this looks like it's going to happen. At least Connor, the college football coaching market was spared on Monday when Jerry Jones hired uh, Mike McCarthy to be the new Cowboys head coach rather than Lincoln Riley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rule. I mean. It, he, in the past couple of months, there's been like these this surge of like viral Matt Rule clips where he's like speaking and explaining his philosophy on how he coaches, and it's just really like strengthened my affection for him. And I think he brings a unique approach to how he builds his programs that I think has been very interest. He's been an interesting character to have in the college football landscape. And so when I express sadness. Uh, about him leaving it's because of that not because of any uh, you know Baylor fandom or anything uh, but it would you know Baylor not a massive program although you know they just won uh, a, uh, won 11 games uh, played in the Sugar Bowl uh, they if if he does leave they're going to want to go and fill that the void created by his absence with presumably a decently big name maybe you're still kind of in the like upcoming group of five innovator kind of territory, but uh, I, th- I think I think target number one could maybe be Billy Napier. Okay, from Lu- uh, Louisiana, whose name has been coming up a whose lot. Name has been coming up, and who just declined an opportunity, I believe, to interview with Mississippi State. That's right. Probably knowing that maybe this Baylor thing sell on the table, and that would make sense for Baylor because Matt Rule, as an evaluator has been elite. So evaluation and recruiting kind of go in the same bucket. And mm-hmm. when you're a school like Baylor, if you're any school in the Big 12 not named Texas or Oklahoma, that's what you're going to have to be great at, evaluating or recruiting, recruiting uh, you know, outside your batting average or your your weight belt or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think Billy Napier would be a really good fit for Baylor. So just keep, I mean, the coaching carousel just keeps on spinning. Mississippi State's open, and you know, who yeah. knows what's going to happen. Yeah, Billy Napier, of course, still has still has a game left to coach this season. As we're recording this, he's playing in the Lending Tree Bowl tonight. Um, Wait, so, what? Yeah, <laughs> Louisiana Monroe and 
I should know the other team, or Louisiana Lafayette, excuse me, and uh, Miami of Ohio are playing in the Lending Tree Bowl while this is all kind of hanging over Billy Napier's head. So that's going to, if you weren't planning on tuning into that game, maybe that's one to tune into. It'd be an interesting, interesting subplot there for sure. Uh, well, that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For Trey Scott and our producer, Connie Levitt, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.